Hey everybody and welcome to the Board Game Mechanics. If you can tell, this is not the Marble Man. This is actually Katie, and with me as always is... Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jason. Stop! You don't have to lower your voice to compete with mine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're right, I don't, but I did, because it was funny. So I want this to prove my level of dedication to you guys, the Riveted. So I, I went to the doctor today for a respiratory infection. I got swabbed for strep and flu, so I don't have those. Um, they they did COVID test me and sent that off, but the practitioner didn't think it was probably likely given my symptoms, but she wanted to be sure. So um, my voice is a little gravelly, a little bit lower than usual. It's my smelly cat voice, like Phoebe and friends. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not feeling the greatest either, but my voice sounds mostly the same, I think. I think it does. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like my voice sounds worse, but maybe some of you are into my really deep voice, so you're welcome. (laughs) Hey, now. Hey, now. I mean, I don't... I'm just saying. Some people like to listen to my voice. I've heard it. I've heard it's good quality. So tonight might be a little bit... We might be a little bit briefer than usual on some of our, our stuff, but... We are still here for you guys, no matter what. We're like the post office. We might show up a little late, but we'll still be here. That's right. We will be, <laughs> I guess. I think we're more reliable than the post office. Some of our packages, I'm like, where'd this come from? That is probably true. All right. So for the sake of time and my voice, I don't know how long it's going to hold out. Let's talk about news. So our first item that I have on news is one that you have done a review for. And I think we've actually, I, did we, we, no, I don't think we talked about this, playing this on the podcast. Uh, we may have, I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't remember. It all blends yeah, together. Yeah, we're just pretty okay. So what can we say? And that is commissioned the call. And this is the expansion um, to the I don't, what do they call that? The base game commissioned. Yeah. That, commissioned. I don't yeah. know when that came out a year or two, two ago, two years ago. It's, it's been out a while. Okay. A while. I don't know. We, you all know, I don't know when things come out or who makes them or who designs them. That's not my bag. Yeah. That's true. It's from Kara games. Okay. That means heart. I think. No, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyway. So this is an expansion to that original commission game, which functions, um, a little like pandemic, in reverse. Yeah, you're trying to spread Christianity around, and instead of wiping out the virus, you are spreading Christianity around, which is represented by cubes, so it kind of functions the same way. Yeah, which is interesting. Oh, it means pure. Kara means pure. Come on, Katie. It's like the basis of my name. Sorry. I used to be a Greek scholar. These things intrigue me. So in this one, you're you're doing sort of the same thing, but you're also trying to like commission like other like send out like you're producing missionaries so it's not just you being the missionaries like you really are in the first one and starting churches you are starting churches yes and trying to grow them but then you're also trying to um raise up and train missionaries that'll then go out and also help you is that the only difference uh yeah there's two different scenarios this one has phoebe and priscilla as new apostle characters we know they're not really apostles but um they yes they were important in the early church. Yeah, it just says in the rule book that they're not really apostles, even though all the characters are apostles. So they just made that clear. But, um, oh, I, and I think, aren't those like change cards new? Oh, yeah, the change and the restoration cards, yes. So it, 
it's it has sort of a deck builder type quality to it also in how you choose your actions that you take. So it's not just like, oh, you've got five points, like action points or whatever. Um, you do only have two actions, but they're decided by looking at cards that you play and cards that your, um, not opponents, but your teammates play because it's, it's a cooperative game. And so there's also these um, like chains that can get into your deck that are like pride or... Um, laziness or whatever that kind of keep you from doing the effective work and so you can have other people who don't have chains like effectively restore you um sometimes which is really cool or sometimes you end up getting more chains because of stuff that happens um it is really a difficult game like it it slaps you around quite a bit but i think it's really highly thematic and i, I mean i think it's a challenge it is definitely one of the best biblically themed games out there because it's actually got a lot of good game to it yeah, I agree with that. So um, there's 12 days left on that. So if you're interested, um, if you already have the base game, the expansion by itself is $29. If you don't have the base game, I think it's 60 to get the base game and the expansion. 60 or 69 I didn't look that up because I always pick like the most basic price because that's what Jason wants to know. <laughs> I mean, even 69 is not bad because the game has like nine different scenarios that you can play two sides of the board. It has a lot of stuff going on in that game. So it's got a lot of game in there for, you know, a little box. So 12 days left on that. Just the expansion. 29 bucks. Check it out on Kickstarter. And we have a video on our YouTube channel if you want to go see me fumble through it. Yes. And we have played it and I liked it, but yeah, it's hard. Yep. It is pretty hard. It smacked us down pretty good. Um, the next one I want to talk about is completely not hard. I don't think. Very lighthearted. And it's called Band Grab. Band grab a music themed card game. And so in this, this is a card game where you're trying to build your own band. I think you have to get five members. And what's interesting is as you're drafting these like card members, um, they have like at the bottom, these different symbols of the different types of music that they can play, which I think is really cool. And you're trying to get, I think a set of six of the same like genre symbols across your band members. And so once you do that, you can play a gig to try and win. But also you can play these event cards that can like help you like try to steal maybe musicians you need. Like there's this one called Band Fight. And so you can steal any like guitar player from like another band, which I think is really funny. Um, so true. So accurate. too. <laughs> it is. It's so accurate. Or there's like a drum tune up where you can steal some drum, like a drum band member, which is really, really pretty funny. Um, you can have like, where there's like a condemned like rehearsal venue. So you have to like swap hands or whatever to mix them up. So that's kind of cool um, that there's like these different ways that you can try to like sabotage other people's bands, help fill your own band. Um, there's like some power up cards you can use to get to play multiple cards in a turn. And then once you get all of your band members and they have that matching symbols, you can play a gig card and that's how you win. So pretty quick, easy, like a fun, silly kind of, theme that i thought was really fun um there are six days left on band grab so if you like that kind of like quick card games and music theme card games definitely check it out it is 18 bucks which i may have to get this to cover it on the channel i love covering band games yeah i mean it's it says it takes like 20 minutes to play you can play it plays from like two to six i'm trying to see how many cards that you get on it because they have like funny like the little band members are like real cute and they've all got like their silly names. Like there's a singer whose name is big rusty and he has this huge beard. So he like 
it's two genres of rock and a genre of metal. So he's kind of flexible. Like <laughs> that's, funny. that's funny. It's got like these like funny little, like the art is cute too. It's like cutesy art, which I love 72 cards and like a hard box. So it's like portable. Cool. So yep. That's band grab. Um, six days, $18. And that is my news for this evening or today or afternoon or early morning or whenever you're listening to this. All right, so let's talk about some games that we played. So we're going to have a little bit of a theme in the first two games, and then we're going to kind of go off the rails on the third one. Way off the rails. (laughs) uh, We just got a Kickstarter for the Parks expansion and the Parks memory game called Parks Memories. So the first game we're going to talk about is that one, because it's a whole new game. It's not, I mean, it's based on Parks, but it's a whole new new system and all that. So let's talk about Parks Memories first. So Parks Memories has the same art as Parks. It's a two, I don't know how many players it is. I didn't look at that. Two or four? Um, You can play three. If you play four, it's teams. So what this game is, is essentially a gamer version of the classic memory game. I know that doesn't sound interesting, but actually the gameplay is kind of fun. So what you're doing on your turn is you're going to be flipping some tiles that have pictures of parks on them. And you're trying to match the icons on the top right of the tile. So like mountain, forest, sun, and water. If you can make that match, then you can flip over your special power and you have a special power to use on another turn or later that turn, whatever. What you're trying to do is you're trying to get three tiles that match before your opponent can do that. So no. after you flip over yeah, after you, you flip need over a tile three sets then you get it of two matching tiles. Yeah, so you need three sets of two matching tiles. After you flip tiles over, you're gonna take a tile. And then you're gonna take this little hiker and you're gonna block off one of the tiles that you flipped or one of the new tiles that you put down face up. So you're trying to keep it so your opponent can't get some tiles and all that stuff. Um that was a terrible overview of it. It's fine. Think <laughs> memory, but with special powers and really, really nice art. And that's kind of what you're getting at here. So what do you think about this one? This one, I really like it. I've played it already now, like f- probably three or four times. Um, and like you've got different tiles come out that the the tiles are nice and thick and they're big. Um, the gorgeous artwork, obviously, is what you expect from Parks. The hiker is this nice, big, chunky, fat like rectangle and there's like like it's not just memory there's strategy to the sucker like because you're only taking one tile on your turn if you flip over two matching tiles you've just revealed where the match is for you so you can only take one of those you don't automatically grab both of them if you flip them over so you try to decide okay if i flip that over Can I block the one that I want to take on my turn so that my opponent doesn't take it away from me? Or is there something else out there that I also need to block so they don't get a match? So do I have to worry about blocking that plus blocking the one that I have? Or there's a special power, like we have the Coast to Coast version. There's actually three separate versions of the same game. The difference is the parks that are included in them and the special powers. So you have one special power for each symbol type from the regular parks game. So sun water, forest, mountains. And so they're different in each of these sets. In our particular set, Coast to Coast, one of the special powers is that you can play it and then take one of the tiles you have face up in front of you and swap it for a face down tile. So if you know where that match is, you can then use some of your bonus action, like especially powers to get that tile to you in order to make that match and kind of work around what the other player is doing. There's also a really another cool power in ours 
that allows you to lay the hiker down where you can block off an entire row or column because in the, in the kind of basic setup of the board, it's a three by three grid. So then you're blocking off three tiles at once, which is a huge advantage. So trying to match the, the symbols so that you get the specialty powers, then remembering where things are, which you think, oh, there's only nine tiles out there. No big deal. It is a freaking big deal. Like, I cannot remember them. <laughs> like, it is bad. And I thought I was good at memory. Um, remembering where they are, flipping only over the right ones, not giving away too much information, watching how many pairs and what your opponent has is keeping in front of them. There's a lot to keep up with on this game. And that's why I think it's so simple, but so good. And they also make it so that if I wanted to play with this with like one of our daughters, you could just play straight up memory match. You don't have to use those extra powers. So it's got a lot of versatility. It's in a nice, small, cute little box. So it's really portable, but there's a lot of game in there. Yeah, I want to play it again because I kept thinking I was matching the pictures on the tiles, but I really needed to match the picture on the corner. So You need to match both. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, but you don't want to flip over both of the pictures at the same time because that's bad. Right, right, right. So yeah, yeah. So I need to play it again to figure out the strategy a little more. I do like it though. It was fun and it looks gorgeous because Keymaster is amazing. Yes, they are. They're awesome. All right. So to go along with this one, we also played Parks with the expansion Parks Nightfall. And what this does is it's going to add a camping trail below the board that you're going to be putting some little tent pieces on some spaces on the trail. And when your hiker gets to that space, you can either use the the space like normal, like in normal parks, or you can take the tent and move it down to the camping, the campsite and take one of those bonus actions. So it gives you a little more strategy when you're playing, you know, when you're moving your dude to kind of figure out how you want to do that. Do you want to use the campsite and all that stuff? But the best part is you're going to have park cards that when you complete them, you're going to get an instant bonus. Yes. And I think that is amazing. So it completes just the same way you turn in, you know, mountains, trees, water, sun, whatever, wild tokens. And then when you complete that park, you're going to get maybe you'll get the camera. You might be able to take a picture for a mountain. Some extra bonus, which is always awesome and definitely something that parks could use. So what did you think about this expansion? So like the camping tokens, I didn't really use that much. Um which is fine. The only thing that I think I probably should have done more was to get more in-game goals, which is something I really love. And you have that extra opportunity in Parks Nightfall, which I think is awesome. Um, otherwise, the camping spaces, I'm like, I can make do with the spaces I've got out here. Although I did not win at all. So maybe I should have done better about that, to be honest, probably. Um, but those instant bonuses for sure on the parks cards are I was always looking for those because if you get a chance to like double up on a park action that is like huge that could really sway things and so if you've collected a lot of resources and you're able to complete a park that lets you complete another park that lets you complete another park I mean or even reserve one that is money like that is so key so I think that it is a total game changer, more so than I thought of at first. Like, I, I, I like the challenge, and I think I need to play it again to really even fully appreciate what kind of new strategy I need to take with this expansion. Yeah, I don't love the campsite. I, I don't know. I just felt kind of tacked on. But I do like that you can get extra endgame goals. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But man, those parks with the bonuses are amazing. I, like Even if I played base parks, I would just take out the special actions that, that have to do with the um, the campsite on those cards and just throw those in. Yeah. Because it's just, aw- it's just awesome. Yeah, I really liked it. Again, like 
Keymaster, I feel like. They're just really doing a great job with this. Yeah, they're killing it. All right, so the last game <laughs> is a game about food. That looks like food. So we, Yeah, it looks like food. So this is a, a Kraft Heinz variety game pack from Big G Creative. And we played two of the three games. There's a ketchup dice game. There's a macaroni and cheese dice game, both of which we have videos on our channel for. And there's a jello slapping game that Jason I just pretend to play. doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. So um, the ketchup game is you're rolling dice trying to get 57 points worth of ketchup. You're trying to roll ketchup labels or ketchup bottles in three rolls. If you can't ever roll a ketchup and you don't stay, you lose your points, kind of like Farkle or something like that. And if you roll five relish or five mustard, you lose 10 points. If you roll all five ketchup, you gain 10 points. Um, I was terrible at the dice game um, for some reason. I mean, there's no strategy. It's just whatever happens, happens. Yes, but no one else happened to roll, you know, five mustards and lose 10 points but me. So that that was that was pretty bad. I'm not going to lie, but it was fun. It's dumb, just like a Fargo Yahtzee kind of thing with ketchup. <laughs> um, and that ketchup bottle that gives you that five points. It's a nice little push your luck. Real easy. It's cute. It's got a gimmicky, you know, look to it. So it would be fun. It's fun to pull out with people who don't play a lot of games and they think that that's funny. And I'd actually um, even, you know, our kids would probably like it, too. So I think that that's a real that's like has a lot of crowd appeal. Um, The macaroni game, I think it needs some rules. The rules were very brief, which you expect because people, when they pull out these kind of games, they just want to be able to read quick and start. Um, But I think it suffers from the idea, like, how do we make multiple rounds? Like, at some point, shouldn't someone collect all the noodles that you're anteing in um, while you're flipping these cards? Like, I think it has a lot of potential. It just fell short. I'd honestly probably rather play the ketchup game again than the macaroni game. Oh, yeah, I agree. The ketchup game is a thousand times better than the macaroni game. For sure. And, and I, I would try the Jell-O one. I thought about trying it with our youngest daughter because I think she might get a kick out of it. But I think you have to play it with more than two people. Yeah, I think it's three or more. Yeah. So. We can um, play it at some point. It, it, may, it may make its way out at least once just so we can see it. But the, the crazy thing is, like, if you look quickly, it looks like an actual box of macaroni. Like, it looks like an actual bottle of ketchup. It looks like an actual packet of Jello. It really like, does. It's crazy. You could stick them in our pantry and no one would notice until they went to try and open it and pour it into, like, a pan. Like, I mean, honestly. <laughs> yeah. That's so crazy. It's, like, freaky. Like, art as food imitating life. Like, it's just weird. Um, but, yeah. I think if you're just looking, like, it would be a fun little, like, stocking stuffer for somebody, like, to just get them into games. Like, it's it would be fun and kind of funny. So, th- they're not bad. All right. So, that was the games we played. All right. So, we are back to our top 100 after we took a brief Halloween detour. And tonight, or today, or whenever, I always say tonight, we record this at night. I'm pulling behind the curtain. You see what's happening. We record this at night after our kids go to bed. Well, when they're in their room, they're not really asleep, but they're in their room. Yeah. They're pretending sort of to be quiet or we're actually ignoring any sounds they're making. Yep. Second one. (laughs) So when I say tonight, that's why I mean that. But this episode, we are covering games 70 through 61 on our list. So we are heading towards that top 50 quickly. And I mean... All my games on the list this week are so flipping good. I would go play any of them right now. And I appear to have kind of a theme 
in this list of 10, I have a lot of deduction games in this list. So apparently they fall between my 70 and 61 as far as how I feel about them. Yeah, that is funny. (laughs) All right. So my number 70 is a game that Katie loves from Stefan Feld. And this is Bora Bora. Um, I'm not going to belabor it too much, mostly because we don't feel good and my mouth hurts. Um, But this is, um, I don't know, a dice placement game where you're trying to take some actions, score a pile of points, recruit different villagers, put some huts out on this board to get some area control and score some fish. Just tons of different ways to score points in true Steffenfeld fashion. It actually has color, which is different for a lot of Steffenfeld games. And I like it, but most other people that we play with don't like it, so we don't have it anymore. But maybe someday. So my number 70, Bora Bora. I keep feeling like I hated this so much, so strongly when I played it, that it can't be possible that it was that bad. But it just was awful. I just really didn't like it. I don't know why. I'll blame Chris. (laughs) He didn't like it either. So apparently, and he and I hardly ever agree on anything. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Probably Brandon. So it's a rare that we bonded over Bora Bora, our hatred of it. My number 70, way far away from Bora Bora. It's a cooperative. No, it's not. It's a social deduction game. This is the first one of, I don't know, four or five on this list. It's amazing how many made it into this list that are deduction. But it's Secret Hitler. This game is so good. Everyone brings up how people get bent out of shape about the theme. Get over yourselves, okay? It's it's really lighthearted. It could be Secret Voldemort. I would love to have that, you know, version as well. It's just, again, the hidden traitor mechanic. But there's this cool kind of then voting system that you do. So you're voting for the president and the chancellor. No, wait, is the president and the chancellor? Yeah. Right? Chancellor and president. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you're trying to see, okay, who gets the power? Who's making the decisions? Are they people that agree with me? I'm not sure. Um, you know, this one, sometimes the right group can help make it. Sometimes you just got to start off people. This is the game where Jason infa- infamously called me a lying piece of trash in front of about, you know, 10 people from our church. And I'm not so, sorry about that. I'm not sorry he, about that. He's not. The thing is, he was the lying piece of trash. <laughs> yeah. And was Hitler. And I knew it. And I called him freaking out. Am I still salty about it? Yes. Sounds like it. Will I remember it till the day I die? Probably. But this game is good fun all around. Um, We have kind of one of the original versions in that orange, like, vintage-looking box. It has this great, like, wooden components for the chancellor and the president. Um, I love the artwork. I just think it's really cool. It's just a really fun game to get people talking, interacting. So my number 70 is Secret Hitler. Right, and Hitler's a dinosaur. So, I mean, you can't get too serious about it. You think Hitler would be a raptor or a T-Rex? He'd probably be a compie. No, that's the SS. A, a swarm of compies. All right, so my number 69. Trench coat. Yeah. My number 69 is a cooperative game. I think Katie was probably looking at mine. And it is Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. So this is a cooperative deck building game where you're taking on a role of somebody from the Harry Potter universe, Neville, Luna, you know the peeps, and you're trying to kill all the baddies. I don't know if you necessarily kill them, but you may send them to Azkaban, whatever. It's not in the book. We just say we kill them because I kill everybody when I play. <laughs> and um, you're trying to kill, kill Voldemort before he takes over so many of your locations and defeat you. So it's, it's pretty hard. Um, yes. If you play with all three of the villains, it can get kind of tough. And if certain villains come out in like a lucky flip, then it's impossible. So, but even despite that, it's fun. So my number 69, Harry Potter Hogwarts battle. I think this one's higher for me. Um, 
Because I love it. It's so thematic. It's good. It's just good. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Um, my number 69 is a game that is also deduction. And I think, and it's a group group deduction, though. And it has grown on me. It went from a game that I was like, Ugh, are you going to make me play it? To, oh my gosh, let's always bring this out. And that is Ship... It's so good. That's Shipwreck Arcana. In this game, um, everyone draws two tiles. They have numbers on them. You pick one. You reveal the other. And then you use like these kind of tarot-looking cards that are out on the table to help give clues to help the other people that you're playing with guess what your number is. And so some it's a lot of deduction, like, okay, it's an even number. Okay, well, it can't be, you know, one, three, five, seven, nine. It's from one to nine, correct? Am I right? One to seven, I think. One to seven, okay. So you know which ones to rule out, and then it's like, okay, well... You can't add this number and the number that I flipped over and make an even number or whatever. So um, in this, there's a lot of, it's like really simple in what you do every turn, but there's like some really great deductive thinking thinking and like processing um, as you're looking at like the numbers and the clues that you have to give. It's, it's really fun. The artwork's really pretty. It's just a cool game. And that's my number 69, Shipwreck Arcana. Yeah, and there's like a timing mechanism that every time you use a card, it's going to speed up how quickly you die if you can't make a guess properly. So it doesn't, like, without that timing mechanism, it'd be super easy, but it can move pretty quickly and get a little tough. Yeah, that's true. All right, so this is interesting. Uh, My number 68, (laughs) I'm not going to talk about a ton. I'll let Katie talk about it. And it is Alchemists. And my number 68 is Alchemists. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, it is weird. When I was putting that on the list, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I mean, I can talk about it a little bit. That way your voice doesn't get jacked. Yeah. Um, this is a deduction game where you're trying to figure out the master formula of these different types of potions that are out on this board. And you're doing that by playing these cards together to kind of see what type of potion they make. Do they make positive? Do they make a negative? Are they neutral? And you're just trying to deduce, based on what you're finding out, what um, the the makeup of these these pieces on the board are. And there's some worker placement where you can go and test out potions on yourself to see if it'll hurt you, or maybe you know make some card matches. You can go to a student and pay this little student to drink your potions, and hopefully you don't make them sick. <laughs> right. You can sell potions to this like traveler. It's it's really fun. It's kind of hard. It's hard to learn. It's kind of hard to teach because there's a lot going on. The deduction is a beast. But man, it's yes. fun. It's a really good game. So my number sixty eight, Alchemist. Yeah. Um, the first time I played it, like first time we played with, like solved it like so quickly, and I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Am I an idiot? Like the problem, especially when you first play it, like trying to balance the deduction with um the worker placement is kind of a lot. So definitely playing this more than once, I think, helps sort it out. But I do love that deduction, and I love like trying different ingredient mixes to see what they turn up i think that's really fun so yeah my number 68 is also alchemist good pick good pick that's my third deducted deductive one three out of three that's true Ooh, i guess i got a great game coming up here uh my number 67 is not the great game i was talking about but this one is good and it is castles of mad king ludwig and this is a game where you're making a funky castle for the mad king you got to make weird basement rooms. You're trying to score points getting certain rooms next to each other point next to other kinds of rooms. You're trying to put the rooms in your castle that the Mad King wants. 
Um, you're trying to meet your little personal goals of certain size of rooms, certain types of rooms. But really, it's just fun making your castle look as weird as you can. And it's a tile laying game. There's some auction and some moving stuff around. It's really good. So my number 67, Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Yeah, that one's definitely going to be higher on my list because I love, love that game and all the fun little rooms in it. My number 67 is actually not about deduction. Rather, it is trick-taking, and that is Tricky Tides. This game is super fun where you are doing like a trick-taking kind of phase in order to then move your boat around so you can do a pickup and deliver phase, which the two seem like, how does that work? But it just totally does. The Arctic is this cool, like, line drawing kind of vintage look. It looks um, really good. It's really good. It is. And it's just it's just fun. Like, the trick-taking element is light enough that you don't get, like, upset if you don't have, like, the lead or whatever. But there are some advantages to it. And you're mostly, you know, playing cards to try and get your boats to move where you want them to move so you can get your points through the Pikmin Deliver mechanism. And I just think that that's really cool. Um, so my number 67 is Tricky Tides. Yeah, I think this was already on my list. I'm pretty sure it was on my top 100. I like this I th- one. I think so too. All right, so my number 66 was actually on our Halloween episode, and it is The Bloody Inn. Yeah. So this is a silly little card game where you're putting people in a hotel, and then you're going to either recruit those people to join your gang or kill them to turn them in to bury them to score some money. That's it. But you don't want to get caught with the bad guy or with the dead guys when the cops show up or, you know, you'll have to go to the clink and pay some money and all that stuff. Terrible. It's a it, it's a silly theme. It's super macabre, but the artwork is kind of goofy. But I really like it. It's kind of hard to teach for as little as a game as it is, so I don't play it that much. But yeah. I do really like it. So 66, The Bloody End. I think this is, I feel like this was on my top 100, but I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, I don't maybe, know. Maybe it's just out of my top 100. I don't know. For some reason, I can't find it quickly because I don't have like a search and I don't know. But I like it. It's cool. I may or may not talk about it still. And oh, wait, there it was. Oh, I like it better than you. Wow. I, I like it better than you. That's impressive. Nice. We need to play it again. Anyway, I'll talk about it later. My number 66 is not also not a deduction game, but it's a game about losing your money, your reputation, alienating your family members. And that is Prodigal's Club. So this game is like a ridiculous theme, but that's what makes it so fun. So you are just like a disenchanted rich kid and you're like, I just want to blow all this trust fund and act embarrassing so that I get disowned and just live my life however I want. And so that's what you do. So there's worker placement where you're trying to get rid of money. You're trying to lower your reputation and lose votes lose votes because you definitely don't want to be an elected official my gosh although the way you lose votes is probably how you actually get elected nowadays <laughs> that's probably <laughs> true mm. um i like this game because there's a lot of different paths kind of to victory different ways to play it there's a lot of stuff going on so a lot of stuff to balance i'm not good at it but i still find it like really intriguing to play and try to figure out good strategies and what's the best way to get things to work out um so that i can be the worst and i just think that that's fun so 66 is prodigal's club i mean it's no go for broke but it's all right (laughs) if i had played that i could tell you but you won't play it with me for some reason just everybody else that's true i think this actually might be up higher on my list i really do like this game it's good so my number 65 is one of the greatest games of all time but i had to make room for other great games on my list because you know there's only so much space. This is for all way these up games. higher on my list than yours. 
Uh, probably because you win all the time. Mm, and <laughs> this game is called Into the Echo Side, the ICP deck building game. We've talked about this a ton. We don't need to like, you know, beat the dead horse. Uh, deck builder, you're recruiting different cards, Ascension style, trying to get members of the ICP hatchet crew to come into your um, your deck and score the most points. Hiring Juggalos, getting Fago, all that stuff. It's a silly game. It has a cool like die that you can roll that activates some cards based on what you roll of 1 through 20, which is pretty sweet. Um, good luck finding it if you want a copy. Sorry, but it's fun. So 65, into the Echo Side. I think mine is like twice as high on my list as yours. Well, you win this twice as much as me. More than twice. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. 100% more. Um, <laughs> so my number 65 is Gugong, with the caveat that you played at more than two. Yes, that is correct. So Gugong is a worker placement game in a unique way because the way you place workers is like through cards. Um, And so you have to place a card that is higher at a location in order to play there than the card previously laid. Right. And then you take that card. And then you take the card, which is really like it's such an interesting mechanic. And so while you're doing that, you're trying to, you know, move along the river to get certain types of um, bonuses. You want to move up the steps towards the emperor because if you don't reach a certain point on those stairs, you can't win, period. Um, you want to, um, oh, what's the, the, where you move the egg? It's not an egg, but it looks like That's an egg. That's the um, intrigue track. Yeah, so you're doing these things within the court and kind of, moving around you're helping build the wall of china like you're there's just so many neat things happening around this board it is gorgeous i love the theme i love the components um it's like a really tense anyone can pull ahead you're like trying to manage all these different things again multiple paths to victory you're just trying to get your points in whatever way you can um i really love it and that's gugong yeah i do really like this game i think it might be higher on my list but I like it. So my number 64 is a worker placement game that is about Vikings and Valhalla, and it's called Champions of Midgard. Wow, this is way higher than mine. Yeah, I I actually played it not that long ago with Brandon, and I realized, man, I really like this. It's so good. So this is a worker placement game where you're going to spots and you're recruiting these dice that are like Vikings that you're going to be sending out on boats to fight some monsters, or you're going to go try to fight a troll, you're going to go try to fight some... um, guys in the mo- the mountains who are just terrible and you're trying to collect different sets of monsters that you're killing uh if your dice die you can send them to valhalla in the expansion that's not part of the base game but i'll always play it with this um so you get some stuff that you can cash in for you know cool cards later it's just it's not a hard game it's worker placement everybody has their own player power which is pretty cool too so think lords of Waterdeep with some dice rolling it's similar to that if you if you've never played it so my number 64 champions of midgard yeah, it's a good game, and I like it with the expansions a lot. Like, it's just, like, more of a good thing. Um, my number 64. Oh, also, not a deduction game. I'll get back to those in a minute here. <laughs> <laughs> but this is about painting. And I specifically mentioned this, I think, to Fred, one of our members of the Riverdale, because he's a painter and an artist, and that is Fresco. So in this game, you are painting the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, I do believe. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure if they say, but that's what we always call it. Yeah, and that's just what we call it. Because, you know, I strive to create theme. I'm as bad as Rado. <laughs> but how you're doing this is you're it's like a programming phase. So you decide what time you're going to get up, which gives you certain advantages or disadvantages at like the market and places like that. 
And then you're arranging, okay, how am I going to spend my workers? Am I going to send them to pick up paints at the market? Am I going to send them to go paint portraits? Are we going to be able to actually mix colors? Are we going to put those colors down on the ceiling? And so there's these um, basically like contract fulfillment out there on the ceiling that you're painting or walls or whatever it may be, whatever the game tells you the actual theme is, um, that you need certain colors um, on your palette, I guess, in order to be able to fulfill. And there were different amounts of points. Um, if like the bishop is close or the pope or whoever, whatever. I think it's the bishop. Yeah, whatever Catholic hierarchy. Clergy. There, that's around. They don't attack. They If he's there overseeing, he actually can give you a favor and you get more. They should attack. That would be awesome. That's a different game. <laughs> when Catholics attack is a different game. Um. Then that you can get bonuses from that. So you're trying to move them around too and get them in the vicinity of where you're fulfilling. And um, it's just like, so you want to do that before somebody else. So then when you get up, which determines your player order is also kind of really crucial there, but you don't want to pay a bunch more money, which you will if you get up really early because, you know, they're not giving away all the good stuff right away, but you get the first choice. There's just a lot of really neat balancing things happening in this Um and I just think it's, it's again, a cool theme that you don't see very often. And so that's my number 64, Fresco. And I like this a little better than you, so we may talk about it in a few minutes. Ooh, really? I didn't see that. So my number 63 is a game that kind of feels like Indiana Jones is a board game, and it's called Thebes. So what you're doing in this game is you are moving your little worker to different locations, and you're going to be learning some knowledge about one of the different cities on the board, maybe hiring a car or... A uh, spaceship to help you, or not spaceship, a zeppelin, a <laughs> zeppelin, an airship <laughs> to help you move around. A spaceship would be a whole different thing. Yeah, and man. but a- every time you take a card, you have to spend time. So whoever's farthest back in time gets to keep taking action. So if you take a turn that spends fifteen time, you may sit out three or four turns while people catch up to you. But the ultimate goal of the game is to go down to these different dig sites, reach in the bag, spend some of your time. I think you can spend up to twenty time plus some knowledge to try to get some artifacts out of the dig site. But you're not always going to get lucky. You might get some dirt. And the artifacts come out, but the dirt stays in. So as people dig there, it gets worse and worse and worse. So it's a great game. It's kind of push your lucky, which I dig. Of course, I like pulling stuff out of a bag, which is why I kind of like it. So 63 for me is Thebes. Yeah, I don't see this on my list, but I know I really like it. I have no idea what happened to it. Fake news. it's, It's super good. It's super good. My number 63 is back at um, deduction. And this is like if Clue got souped up and Catholics attacked each other, it would be this game. (laughs) And that is Mystery of the Abbey. Um, This game is so good. I know it's super out of print. I'm so sorry, guys. If you can get your hands on this sucker and you like Clue, you like deduction all, you need this game. It is awesome. So not only do you have all these monks... You're also picking on them, their physical appearances. If they're fat or they're skinny or they're hooded or unhooded or they're um, bearded, bearded or non-bearded. And then they've got their different orders that they're in, their different um, ranks. And so you're moving around this abbey trying to figure out who killed the dead monk. I, I don't know. He, I'm sure he has a name. I don't know what his name is. But you're trying it's to who, figure it's out whoever which you put under the board is his name. No, that's the murderer. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it does say his name. No wonder you're terrible in this game. Yeah, I mean, you don't need to know that. <laughs> so you, you just like Clue, you pull out one of the monk cards, and that's the, the 
murderer. So then you're going around. But unlike Clue, when you enter the same room with somebody else, you can ask them anything, anything that doesn't require them to answer back with the name of a specific monk. So the cool part is then everybody else hears it. So all players are active on all turns. So then you're also deciding how do I want to word this, that everyone else is going to know this information. What do they know that maybe I don't, that could this help them? Like, there's just a lot of endless possibilities. There's some additional cards, events that happen that kind of change things up, um, ways to like get extra cards so you have more information, ways to swap things around. Um, it's a really fun game. I really like it. And that's Mr. The Abbey, my number 63. Yeah, I enjoy this one because you don't have to get your guest right to win, which I enjoy. That's true. You get points for just knowing a piece of information if you think it's a Benedictine monk or a hooded monk or something. Yep, good game. Uh, my number 62 is a game about building train tracks. It's a worker placement game, and it's called Snowdonia. So this is um, a game where you are doing some worker placement to try to clear debris off the mountains so you can set up a train track from the starting city to, I think, Snowdonia, I'm assuming. And again, I don't know the theme. I don't. You're, you're building a train track through the mountains <laughs> from one side to the other. Um, and you're do, and as you're doing that, you're also setting up um, like train stations to get some points. You're putting some cubes on there to market because so you're trying to get like a majority of points on these things. It's, it's really interesting. It, you're also playing against the game because as the game goes on, this little cube on the board is going to move. And based on where it is on there, it's going to block stuff off for you. So maybe you can't go clear debris from the train tracks this turn, or maybe you can't go to this one space because it's been blocked off. So you're playing against other people and the game's kind of slapping you around too, but it's really good. Um, I don't play it a ton just because again, it's kind of a pain in the butt to teach, but I do like it. So 62 Snowdonia. Yeah. I've never played this. Yeah. I think I played it with Brandon and Keener. You never brought it out for me to play. It's probably on the board of illegibility. It is, it is on the board of illegibility. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've dubbed it. I was just looking at it the other day. I'm like, what does that say? Borneo? That's not a game. And I was like, wait, look closely. Think, think. Press elimination. Borano. Oh. Anyway. All right. All right. We, we've beat this board <laughs> into the ground in so many episodes. But it it still comes back again <laughs> to be relevant. It's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I'm glad I could make everybody's life a little more entertaining. Well, honey, that's why I married you, babe. <laughs> My number 62, another deduction game. Hmm. And in some ways, similar to Mystery of the Abbey in that there's a dead person you're trying to figure out who did it. But this one is called Awkward Guests. And so this is a new addition to our collection. A very interesting game. Like, so crazy. So there's an app that you can get to go with this, which I would highly recommend because it's super helpful. Tells you which cards are the clues to pull out. Um... And you have a certain number of suspects. You've got these cards. You're then able to, in some ways, bid for clues. So you say I, you say two items of information you want to know about. Maybe you want to know about a particular room, because like Clue, there's rooms, or a particular um, suspect, much like Clue. Then everyone looks at their hand to see what kind of information they have about those two items. And each item has like a value as far as what kind of clue it is. So then... Someone will say, okay, I've got two cards. They add up to three kind of clue value. In order for me to take those clues from them, I have to then give them three in return. So information is passed readily. Every round, you're getting new information. Everyone's getting more. Um, things get swapped and moved about. You learn new things. You've got to find um, 
the suspect and the weapon and their motive. And then if you play in harder levels, they also have an accomplice. So some of them are lying to you. Um, You get some quality information from like the staff and the police, but you don't always know if everyone else is telling the truth. Um, It's just a really cool, different kind of game. Um, I, I, and I love deduction. So that's why I think it's awesome. And that is number 62 awkward guests. Yeah. That card system where you're trading points to other people for their points is awesome. That's really cool. All right. So my number 61, Katie already talked about. Um, so I'm just going to say ditto to everything that she said. And this game (laughs) is called Fresco. Um, it's a worker place, a programming game. I guess you're not really placing workers trying to make some paints, paint the, the random Fresco on a random Renaissance era church. And <laughs> may or may not be the yeah. Sistine Chapel. And you're waking up at a certain time, hoping to not spend a ton of money for paint and going to paint some people's portraits. It's really cool. It's an interesting theme and it's just really fun. So my number 61, Fresco. All right. And my last one of this episode, my number 61 is Deep Blue. And I can't believe this is this high. It's so actually, good. Because I think... But didn't you already talk about it? Like, wasn't it lower on your list? Uh, it might have been, yeah. I mean, it's not this good, but it's pretty good. Which is surprising because are you really, I feel like you like it more than I do. I do, but not every game can be in my top 100. Oh my gosh, like you're so selective. <laughs> yep. Whatever. No, this is a good game. Um, so Deep Blue, like we've mentioned, I think maybe talked about in the Facebook Lives. Um it's a push your luck game where you are moving your little boats around so that you can do deep sea dives. You're trying like the cool part is you're you're like building this deck almost of cards that will either help you move and like I guess the cards have multiple uses, which is another cool thing about this game. You can use them as currency to buy better cards on your turn. You can use them to move or for whatever kind of special like purpose they have. Or there are cards that actually help you get more points or money, really, it goes into your treasure chest, um, for gems that are pulled on dives. And so, like, it's really cool is that you can initiate the dive yourself, and you get a little bonus for that, but others can jump in on your dives if they're close enough. And then if you're playing the right cards, you can really get points off of other people's dives and not do any yourself, which is... How we played the last time. No, it's not how we played. It's how you played. (laughs) Okay, that's how I played last time, and I totally (laughs) won. And I think it's probably why I ranked this so high, because it was such a fun experience. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, Katie, you're not doing anything. You're just collecting cards. You're just jumping in on my dives. I'm like, "Mm, yeah. And then I won. I opened up my chest of treasure, and it was full. So it's a fun game. It's like, I think, a fun theme. Um, some cute artwork and I love the multi-use cards. So, and then there's push your luck element drawing stuff out of a bag, which is Jason's favorite thing. So my number 61 is deep blue. It was 89 for me. I looked it up. Wow. I can't believe that. I know. This is surprising. What's happening. That's why your, your list is fake news. Topsy turvy. Your list needs a recount. (laughs) (laughs) We just have Trump sue me for it. I know he will. <laughs> so you want to recap our number seventy to sixty-one? And my number seventy is Bora Bora. My sixty-nine is Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. My sixty-eight is Alchemists. My sixty-seven is Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Sixty-six is The Bloody Inn. Sixty-five is Into the Echo Side. Sixty-four Champions of Midgard. Sixty-three Thebes. Sixty-two Snowdonia, and sixty-one Fresco. 
And my number 70 is Secret Hitler. 69 is Shipwreck Arcana. 68, Alchemist. 67, Tricky Tides. 66, Prodigals Club. 65, Goo Gong. 64, Fresco. 63, Mr. The Abbey. 62, Awkward Guests. And number 61, Deep Blue. So that's it. That's our rundown from 70 to 61. And you have heard my deep, scratchy, respiratory infection voice tonight. So thank you if you have kept on listening up to this point. Yes, thank you. Stop. You're just jealous that my voice sounds lower than yours. Huh? I, I know. <laughs> That's okay. It's like I've been smoking Marlboro's two packs a day. <laughs> smelly cat, smelly cat. What are they feeding you? Anyway, have, have any of you done this? Have, has anyone else ranked their top 100? I would love to hear about it. I'd love to see your list. Have you played any of the games on our 70 to 61? Tell us about it. Find us on Facebook. Um, definitely join our Facebook group, hashtag the riveted. All the best people there, all the best games, all the great updates. Check it out. None of this political business, none of this what's wrong with the world. It's all good times of board games. Um, the Twitters, the Instas. Um, And also, very importantly, the YouTubes. We've got unboxing videos. We've got reviews out the wazoo. We've got all kinds of stuff. So check us out and let us know that you're there because the whole reason we do this, the reason we keep doing this, the reason I'm doing this when I sound like I have gurgled with gravel is because of you guys. So let us know what you're up to. And it's finally November, everybody. Yep. And uh, we'll keep chugging along in our top 100, but we're going to take a break for Christmas. So get ready for that. All right. I got to go rest my voice. I got to teach a class at 8 o'clock tomorrow. I don't know how that's going to sound. <laughs> it's going to be worse than this, probably. Which It'll is sound terrible. like this. <laughs> hey, everybody. All my nursing students. <laughs> that's funny. All right. Well, I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. Keep gaming.